Sing it out. This is our destiny. The battle's already won. Make it loud. We're giving everything. By the cross, we have overcome. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Home Bible Study Podcast. We have been enjoying the letter to the Hebrews. We have made it to chapter 11. Um, chapter 11 has been a very interesting and fruit-filled study, as the whole letter has been, actually. We've spent some time here in chapter 11 because there is just so much really good instruction that I feel, for me personally, has been immediately applicable to my life, uh, as well as, you know, not just like my day-to-day, but just the big picture of my, my walk with the Lord Jesus. And so I just pray that you're experiencing something similar, that you're having this, a similar experience as we study this. Um, and hopefully you're able to Go through the whole uh, study, you know, lesson by lesson, line by line, precept by precept. That's the approach that we're taking. And that um, it's really helping you. And for those who just pop in and listen to a lesson here or there, I pray the Lord Jesus would be using that in your life as well. So uh, last time we looked at... um, Verses 17, um, uh, as it talked about Abraham, we circled back um, and we talked about Abraham and the promises that were given him and the trial of faith when he took his son, uh, Isaac, who was an adult male, not even though it says lad that he was an adult male. And took him to be sacrificed and as God instructed him. And this was a, a test, not so much for God, but, but for Abraham. Because God brings trials into our lives for our benefit, not for his benefit. It's for our benefit so that we can learn and we can grow. And I think that was a very fitting segue into this next section. Because we go from the trials of faith to a section that I like to call the messiness of faith, right? Just because I don't, um, you know, I'm not super creative and I couldn't come up with a super creative title, but we're going to see a lot of messiness um, in these next few accounts in this chapter. And and I think we see messiness in our lives more than we see anything. Um, I think we can relate to how things get messy, you know, We're walking on a path that seems to be very straight and narrow, and then something happens. A trial comes up, uh, and sometimes we um, overcome the trial, and we're, you know, rejoicing, and hey, we did great. And then there's other times when we fail, and things get messy. And I feel like that we need to understand that God is a part of both of those scenarios, that he is involved and invested in our lives to the degree that he is always with us no matter what happens, even 
when we fall, even when we scrape our knee, he's there to pick us up and to set us back on the path. And I feel like the the verses that are coming up that we're going to be studying really lead into and lean into that part of a walk of faith. The times when things don't go the way we'd like them to go. And sometimes we do, we step out of the Lord's will in the sense that, you know, we're not allowing God, the Holy Spirit to lead us, but we take the lead maybe. And then it leads us down a path that we didn't want to go. And um, things get messy. But God is always with us. He is faithful even when we are not. And so it's important for us to understand that. And I feel like that that's the crust of the lessons that we're going to be looking at here coming up. So uh, with that said, that kind of lengthy introduction, let's read the verses that we're going to be studying today. And we're going to start in verse 20. We left off in 19. So if you want to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, okay, with verse 20. And we'll see how far we get. I'm not going to uh, really try very hard to get to a certain point because really for a lengthy part of this chapter, this heading of the messiness really does apply. So let's look at each one of these verses and try to see all that we can about what it is that the Lord wants us to see in the things that have been recorded for our benefit. Right. That's what we, we discovered last time is that these things were recorded for our benefit. So let's get as much benefit out of this as possible. Um, so I'm going to read verse 20 and it starts again by faith. The writer is focusing on faith, the different aspects and facets of faith. And here we see another one of those um, in verse 20, Hebrews 11, verse 20, by faith. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Not a lot there, right? So we think, well, what's going on? There's really not a lot of information there to go off of. Well, the reason why I believe the writer didn't put a lot of information there is because these accounts were so familiar. It was They were so ingrained into the Hebrew psyche and culture that people knew exactly what was being referred to when he said this. This was written to Hebrew people. And so because they were very versed in what the scriptures and the Old Testament and the prophets revealed, the writer did not have to go into a lot of detail. He could make a, a simple statement like this would conjure up those accounts. And for those of you who are not familiar with, you know, the lives of Isaac and Abraham, all of this is recorded in Genesis. And Genesis is such a germane book. It's so important to understanding the rest of Scripture. Now, whatever uh, book or letter you're studying throughout the Bible, you can say, oh, it's so important to the understanding of Scripture. And it's true. But there's a reason why Genesis is the beginning, because it's foundational. And these things that are presented in the first five books 
every doctrine that's in the Bible is presented in the first five books in the Pentateuch. So that's why it's so important. So let's take a look at that for those who may not be familiar with that uh, story, that account. And I'm going to give you a summary. I'm going to give you the cliff notes, right? So it says, uh, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So this, this, is, this is messy, okay? This is a messy story. And this is, this is one of those situations where you, when you read it, you're like, wow, what a mess. What a mess of a family. What a mess of a situation. But God is able to use even those messy situations to propel his purpose and to um, accomplish his will. And I think that's what the writer is trying to get us to see. Let's see if, if you also come to that conclusion. So we have a scenario where um, Abraham was given these promises by God. God reassured him and Abraham embraced those promises. Well, Abraham had two sons, right? He had Ishmael by, the, uh, by his uh, servant, uh, Hagar, and he had Isaac, which was the son of the promise. Well, it was made very clear to Abraham that that Ishmael was not the son of the promise, that the Isaac was the one in which the blessings and the promises would go to. And so Abraham established that fact and everyone knew that and Isaac became the rightful heir. So now it's time for Isaac, after living a life of faith, after walking with God for several years, now it's time for him to extend that blessing to the next generation. Well, we have an interesting situation here because Isaac had two sons. They were twins, right? So the, the, the law, the rule was that the firstborn receives a blessing. But if you know anything about these twins, Jacob and Esau, uh, Esau came out first, but Jacob was hanging on to his ankle. And there was, before um, Jacob and Esau was, were born, uh, their mother was troubled because there was a lot of rumbling and tumbling going on in her stomach. And it was revealed to her that there was two nations in her stomach and that they were fighting for supremacy even before they were born. So um, without going into a lot of detail about that situation, you can read that in Genesis. Um, this is the kind of the scenario or the scene. Uh, so Esau came out first. Esau meaning red. He was hairy and red. And then Jacob was after him, holding on to his ankle. And throughout their lives, they took different paths. One, Jacob was more of a mama's boy, liked to stay around the house. Um, and Esau was more of a rugged, I want to be out hunting, that kind of um, man. So they were very different. Although they were twins, they had very different personalities, right? So um, they were very different in that. Well, 
long story short, um, Jacob was conniving. And he knew that Esau was going to get the blessing. He understood the gravity of that blessing in that whoever got that blessing would, that was the key to wealth. That was the key to God's protection. All these things that people desired were in that blessing. That was the material part of the blessing. And both of those men understood the material part of the blessing. And Jacob wanted that. And he had a desire for it um, from the beginning. And so this is where it gets messy. Jacob and his mother conspired together to deceive their father. Um, Jacob went to great lengths along with his mother to deceive their father. And I'll, I'll just read it so you can, you can see exactly what happened yourself. Now, this is uh, quite a long read, but I'm going to read it just so you guys can see what happened yourselves. Starting in Genesis chapter 27, Jacob had come to the point to where, not Jacob, I apologize, um, uh, Isaac had come to the point, he was an old man, and he was not sure when he was going to die. So he wanted to make sure that he passed the blessing on, uh, just like his father did with him. So it was that time. So he gave instructions to Esau of what to do so that he could um, give him this blessing. In verse in uh, Genesis 27, starting verse 1, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so he couldn't see very well. He was partially blind. So that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, I am here. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons and thy quivering bow. Go out to the field and take me some venison. So he's basically saying, go out and do your hunting, which you're really good at. He liked venison. He says, go find me some venison and, you know, go hunt for me. Verse 4. And make me savory meat such as I love. See, that's something he really enjoyed. And bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Now, verse 5. And Rebekah, the wife, heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and bring it back. So Esau's doing like his dad told him. He's going out to hunt. It's like, yeah, dad wants some venison. I'm going to go out and give my dad something to eat. Rebecca overheard this conversation. Verse 6, And Rebecca spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord. Bless thee before the Lord before my death. Verse 8, Now therefore, my son, this is Rebecca talking to Jacob now, Obey my voice according to which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of goats. 
and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, and that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. So basically, Rebekah is conniving with Jacob on how to trick her blind old husband into giving the blessing to Jacob. Uh, verse 11. And Jacob said unto Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am smooth. My father peradventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. Verse 14. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. So they're going to pull this thing off, right? So she's going to go get Esau's clothing and put it on the on on Jacob so he can deliver this meal. <clears throat> so they can deceive his elderly father. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. So this is where Esau was a very hairy guy on his arms and his the back and neck. And he must have been a very hairy guy. So she put the goat skins in those places. So in case um, poor um, Isaac would feel him, he would feel the hair. And she gave the savory meat and the bread and she, uh, which she prepared in the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who art thou, my son? Because at this point, Isaac can't tell them apart. They probably sounded just alike, but they looked very differently. And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. Lied to this man's face. Um, I have done according as thou badest me arise i pray thee sit and eat my venison that thy soul may bless me and isaac said unto his son how is it that thou hast found it so quickly my son so isaac you know he smells something going on here like hey that was pretty fast that you were able to go out uh kill clean and dress and get this meal ready um he says how is it that y'all that how is it that thou found it so quickly my son and he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. So look how far down this guy is willing to go. I mean, that's pretty far. That's pretty low down. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. Because he thinks something, something is up here, right? He's like, I may be old, but I'm not stupid. Come here. He says, and um, Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy and his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. So he suspected something was up. He said, now this sounds like Jacob's voice, but the body is definitely Esau. So they took advantage 
of this poor man in his elderly age and was even to the length that to bring God into this. So this was this was a very messy situation. It was bad, very bad. And uh, so it says in verse 23, so he blessed him. So Jacob received the blessing. And he said, art thou my son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and he kissed him and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field, which the Lord has blessed. So that was his final test. He says, well, I felt you. You don't sound like you should, but come here and give me a kiss and I'll get a good whiff of you. Because obviously uh, Esau smelled like the outside. And so he says, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field, which the Lord has blessed. Uh, verse 28, therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be everyone that bless thee. So this is the blessing as it was passed on. And it was pretty awful the way that it came about, the way that his mother and Jacob deceived their um, his father. And so now let's see what happens when Esau shows up. After all this has gone down, starting in verse 30, Esau shows up. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone, barely left, gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he said, and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, uh, his father, said unto him, who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled exceedingly because at this point, Isaac realized that he's been duped. He realizes the treachery that has been, um, that has taken place and executed his, his, at his expense. It says in verse 33, and Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, who, where is he that hath taken venison? And brought it to me, and I have eaten of all before thou camest, and have blessed him. Yea, he shall be blessed. So here we see that the blessing was irrevocable. Even though it had been gotten by ill gains, even though Jacob and his mother deceived this old man and lied to get it, the blessing was irrevocable. Isaac knew that. That's why he trembled. Verse 34. 
And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he had supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Esau's like, Woe is me. He's like, Is there not something that you can give me? Have you given everything to him? Verse 37, And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all of his brethren that I have given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. Uh, and what shall I now, what shall I do now unto thee, my son? Basically, he said, I've given him everything, everything that I own, everything that belonged to me now belongs to him. Uh, the blessing, uh, everything, the promises that they got, that they made to me through my father Abraham that were tra transferred to me, I've transferred to him. And this is something very special that God has given to these men to be able to do, um, to pass down this, this blessing. But it's irrevocable. Once it's been given, it's given. Even though it was gotten by these um, unsavory methods, to say the least. So, Isaac says, I mean, there's nothing I can do. He says, there's nothing I can do. In verse 38, And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Like, that's all you have? That's all that, that God gave him. You know, God gave him the promises, uh, the land, the seed, and the blessing. That's not the blessings. It was the blessing. The blessing to be the favored one of God. Um, and he says, is there but one blessing, my father? Bless me. Even me also, oh my father. So this is him begging. He's begging for the blessing. He's saying, there's got to be something for me. Uh, and Esau lifted up his voice and cried. So we know from other verses that he didn't cry because he wanted to be connected to God. He cried because of the stuff, the material part of this blessing that he thought was going to be his, his entire life. He was basically raised to believe that it was going to be his. And I'm sure that him and his father talked about it several times. And he knew this. It would be similar to your father or my father or parents saying, hey, when we get a certain age, we have a trust. Billions of dollars are going to be transferred to you when you get when it's the right time and you're at the right age. And you grow up knowing that. And it's going to affect your life, how you live and how you, you know, carry yourself in your relationship with your parents. It's all affected by that. And so essentially that's what has been denied Esau, something that he thought was going to be his, uh, the material part of this blessing. And he says he wept. 
And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. And by the sword shall thou live, and shall serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from thy neck. And this literally came to pass. Um, they split up. Esau went a different direction. And the descendants of Esau betrayed the descendants of Jacob. Um, we know uh, in the future. And it was always a very tenuous type relationship. And they didn't want to have anything to do with, um, you know, the revelation that God gave to the nation Israel. Um, he gave them the law and the the articles of worship. They didn't, and the descendants of, descendants of Esau didn't want to have anything to do with that. They're like, look, uh, you know, that's they they considered that to be a yoke on their necks. So you you can't tell us what we can and cannot do, we're not going to serve God. We're going to do our own thing. And that's exactly what they did. So here, Isaac told him of his future and what it would be. So this is what's being referenced here. I know there was a lot to read and a lot to go over, but you need to understand the context here. So it says, back to Hebrews, it says, um, verse 20, by faith, Isaac, Bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So how does that apply here to us and to the lives that we live today? Yeah, that all happened. It was messy. It was ugly. But how does that apply to us? Well, I think the application that the writer is wanting us to see is that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, that God's purpose will always be accomplished. It was God's will for the blessing to go through Jacob. That was God's will. The way it came about, messy, faithless. There was no faith involved in that process. It was deception. It was conniving. It was willful. And it was sinful. But God is a God that's over all those things. And God is able to accomplish his purpose and his will in our lives, even when our lives get messy. And our lives get messy. Look at your life. It doesn't take long for us if we do a careful examination and we'll see there are times when we take our eyes off the Lord that we are like Jacob and his mom and we want something and we're going to get it the way we want it to get it, regardless of if it's the way that God wants us to come about it. We feel like, hey, it's there. It's an opportunity and we should take advantage of it. What's wrong with that? What's the worst that can happen? Well, Oftentimes, we find out the hard way what the worst is that can happen. And oftentimes, I believe that those situations end up leaving people hurt. People that we love, just like um, Isaac was hurt by his wife and his son. Uh, 
that betrayal, once he started trembling, he could feel it to his core. And that's not something that you forget. That's something that leaves a mark. And a lot of times I believe that when we take our eyes off the Lord and we don't walk by faith, we end up in situations that leave a mark. So where's the message here of faith? Well, Isaac, in spite of all of that, he still gave the blessing by faith. He acted in faith. He acted trusting the Lord for everything and believing that the Lord's blessing would be as it was revealed to him, given to the one whom he was speaking to. Did he know he was speaking to Jacob? No. But he understood, even though he was deceived, that the Lord's will it would be done in that situation because he acted in faith. That's a valuable lesson for us to learn. That if we trust the Lord and do what he tells us to do, it doesn't matter what the other people around us do or how they respond to it. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we trust him and we are obedient to him. This is a very hard thing to take. It's a hard thing to learn. And I feel like the best example of it that I could think of right away is a scripture that says, wives, be ye submissive to your husbands. It's hard because you have to be submissive and follow sometimes when that husband is doing something stupid and you know he is. And you're like, this doesn't feel right. I don't think you're making a good decision, but you have to submit to it. And trust that the Lord is going to make good come out of the situation. And God will protect you. He will bless you in that, no matter what the outcome is. And this is a perfect example of that very scenario where Isaac trusted God. And in spite of what was going on around him, the circumstances, he was faithful to give the blessing as God gave it to him. And it was God's will. The whole thing was God's will. Now, Isaac couldn't see that. Jacob certainly couldn't see it. Esau didn't even care. He was so distraught. But we have the benefit of time to be able to look back and see how that was God's will. And God was sovereign even in this situation because God is sovereign over all things, all circumstances, all situations. That's why we can trust him and walk by faith. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So that's where the faith was. It was not in the execution of the blessing. It wasn't in the, uh, that he was faithful to tell them the things that were to come. It was that he was faithful and believed God as God revealed these things to him. God told him what things that were to come. And he shared them by faith with his sons. He told them both what their future would be. And 
the only way you can know that is as, as is if God reveals it to you. And God had revealed these things to Isaac and he created this situation so that uh, Isaac could tell, share them with his sons. And that is to me what this verse is saying. That all of this was done by faith and that God is the God over circumstances that we have to be careful not to get caught up in circumstances and not to let circumstances take our eyes off of the truth that God is sovereign over all these things. And we have to draw comfort from his sovereignty and know that he is going to make all things work to our good. That's what the word says. And this is, again, an example of that. I'd like to continue on to verse 21, but to give verse 21 its due <laughs> and to be able to go into the details regarding Jacob, which I think are very important details. I'm going to wait till next time. But I hope that in this verse, we see the faithfulness of God in spite of circumstances and that we know that as believers, he is going to accomplish his will in our lives, no matter what. So don't get nervous. Don't be afraid of when things start to look bad and go south because God has a plan and a purpose and it doesn't matter what it looks like. It may not look good. It may not smell good. It may not taste good, but he is able to make it good for us. And if we rest in that, we're going to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Let's close. Father, thank you for this uh, study in your word. Thank you for the letter to the Hebrews. Thank you for your grace to share your truths with us. Uh, I pray, Father, that uh, you would um, be sovereign over even these studies and that you would accomplish your will in spite of me and my attempts to try to bring out as much as I can. Uh, I trust you through God the Holy Spirit to take these lessons and these offerings and make them into much more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.